Um, uh, hey friends, thank you for tuning into the Altwave uh, Library Hour, um, getting learned and getting turned. Um, this week we sat down with uh, Jesse Mendez for a real interesting chat. I actually really like that intro. Um, Altwave Radio, uh, I think episode nine. Sat down with Jesse Mendez and we had a really good chat. We talked about growing up in a small town and kind of how that can affect you as an artist and just all of the things that come with that, you know, evolving your sound, evolving your process. It was great. Uh, you can follow him at underscore Jesse Mendez on Twitter and Facebook, and then you can actually check his website to get all of uh, information on him. JesseMendezMusic.com, and that's where you can get access to his SoundCloud, all that stuff. You can also check out his new single, Hypnotize, featuring Jack Nova, another artist out of uh, out of the area. So support support the area, support the scene. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, you can follow uh, TheAltWave.com and TheAltWave on Twitter. Just change it over. That That's just the official Twitter now. And then Spires Logan and TheAltWave on Instagram and TheAltWave.com. We just put uh, the, alt, the Lucky Bastards collection on sale. So check that out. Free shipping, all that good stuff. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Peace. Half, you know, half of you is like, fuck, that's so sad. And then the other half of you is like, man, I'm so glad I left here. Yeah, exactly. Like, just the idea of, like, imagine, like, trying to start. I mean, you did, but, like, imagine trying to, like, maintain any type of creative career in a small town like that. Yeah, I, I mean, especially since, like, we've been out, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I get back here, and I, 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 like, I like this area for certain reasons. Just, like, it reminds me of home, and, like, I grew up here, and, like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But if I'm here for like, like I don't I don't know how long I, like you're here at home. Are you here for the summer? Or like... No, 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 no. Oh god, no. no. Okay. So like I'm good. So I came up today, and then I'll probably come up like sparsely inter, but inter like mittenly. Yeah. But I'm you know I'm gonna be in Baltimore the whole summer, and then like right now I live outside Baltimore, and then I'm gonna be moving inside, the city like in Hamden, which is like the art district, like the artist district. Okay, I'm yeah. moving in there probably like July or August or something. Okay. And then I'll be like in it, in it. So I no, I could never come back because the problem is, uh, I mean, one, I have my lease just over through the summer. Like, yeah. So there's no, there's nothing like calling me, you know. Like exactly, I see my yeah. parents and they're like whatever. And I mean, I have like I have like two best friends that are both that both went to Greensboro here, uh, but one of them is always down in College Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a bunch of friends there and then the other one it doesn't live here but he lives down 67 at the potomac river so it's kind of like it's not like here it's kind of like cool we have a bonfire like Mm -hmm. every time i see him so it's like it's it's chill i mean but and that and then my brother moved into my old house that i just that i moved out of here Mm -hmm. uh so those are really the only reasons i come back here And, and you know some family but isn't it a isn't it a weird feeling though when you um when you like leave a place and pretty much every reason like all the people you were cool with are mostly gone so then you just go there and you're just like this place feels like yeah because like uh north woodbridge is like that now where like my brother he lives in alexandria so he's not even in there so like and my you know my best friends are still in college all that stuff so there's nothing there yeah and i lived there for like 14 years you know basically you know really similar to the idea exactly. of growing up in a place yeah and you go there and you just look at it like it just feels wrong i know like, yeah it's like because usually you'll come home, come home to a place that's really familiar, and, and it's not just like being in the place, but it's all the things that are familiar that you've you've been around for so many years. But the, since they're not there anymore, it's just like I'm, like I'm, I don't know. It's like being somewhere for the first time again. It's like I'm I'm here by myself. Like this is really weird. I think the worst part is when you forget, um, like how to navigate, and then you just feel <laughs> dirty. You feel like dirty. You're oh, like, God. like I used to be able to do this with my eyes closed, and now I have no idea where the fuck I'm going. Exactly. And you're yeah. just like, I feel so. I feel like a bad person. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, let's. Get, I mean, I feel like that covered a a decent portion of how of growing of growing yeah. up in a in a very small uh, small town. So let's talk about like creatively growing up because you because uh, don't you have like older siblings that are like significantly older? Yeah, uh, I have. Uh, uh, yeah, they're both they're both way older than me. They're both in their fifties. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to say like they're old as shit, but like. <laughs> but they're old as shit. <laughs> but they're. But they're. They're way, It's. 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 It's abnormal. People are like, what? Like what? Like that. That should be the age of your like uncle or something. Mm. But that. But yeah, they're my half siblings. Um. So and aren't they? Are they mostly uh like create? Aren't they mostly like creative people or? Yeah. Uh, well, my brother is a sculptor, uh-huh. uh, and he's always been. He went to Boonesboro here back in the seventies. And, uh, yeah, so mostly, yeah, just my brother, uh, kind of has the art bug. My, uh, my sister's kind of a bookkeeper. She does like accounting, um, and she like works for businesses around here. So, so like how, uh, how would you like, with, were they like growing up, you know, with your parents, were they, um, were they like a part, how close were they, how like close were you to your older siblings growing up? Um, well, they never lived with me. I, oh, yeah, of course. So it it was it was like I I was te- it was pretty much like I was an only child. Mm-hmm. But um, they were always around, and we always had like big art shows at my house. Mm-hmm. Um, and our it was at it was at my house that 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 was happening. So all my brother's artwork was always there. All my dad's artwork, all my mom's like stuff, um, was always there. So it it was definitely always there. Um, I'd say. I mean, because I never really got into, like, sculpting or anything like that, but definitely in recent years, my brother's kind of really been really supportive in me doing what I want to do mm-hmm. and, like, really commending me and, like, complimenting me on things that maybe, like, when I'm down, like, I, I, I forget about and stuff. So, yeah. I mean, they, they've definitely been, like, a really big help. Now, do you think that, I mean, like you said, uh, art shows, do you think having that like always having like kind of just creative, you know, energy stuff around. Do you think that's kind of what, like maybe pushed you in the direction to want to go towards music, or how long have you, how you know when did you first start getting into uh, music? Um. Okay. Well, it's my parents aren't really big music people. I mean, my they they would all, they play music as much as like the average person listens to music. My dad was like into like big band and swing. Like he was born in the nineteen forties, so mm-hmm. uh, it was it was all that stuff. And uh, my mom like kind of like Paul Simon and stuff like that and um but really like so it wasn't necessarily that like I was around something so much I kind of like grew up <laughs> and wanted to f- do that it, it was it was uh my parents were part of this classical music um organization that put on concerts around um the country and like in Europe and stuff <laughs> so I would always they would have to travel for that and I would go with them so it was like I'd go to New York City a lot. I'd go to sometimes like France and stuff, uh, and it would just be like three, four-hour long classical music concerts. And I'm just like a little kid, and mm-hmm. I can't go anywhere. So at at that age, I'm just absorbing it all, whether I like it or not. Mm-hmm. And um, that kind of led to me. I I played my first piano when I was probably three, uh-huh. and uh, I took piano lessons for like seven years. And I got pretty good at it. I was like, I'm getting pretty good at this. I don't love it. This is really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really want to pick up the guitar. And um, I don't know. It was just always just like, once I started playing something, I started 
I, I had like music that I always listened to and I, I, I really started like trying to figure out how to play those songs and I don't know, it's, it was so long ago that I can't exactly identify like what it was, but it was just being around that so much that I couldn't help it. Now, how old were you when you like started to pick up a guitar? Uh, I picked up a guitar probably seventh grade. Uh, yeah, sixth or seventh grade. And I kind of just taught myself. Um, and all through middle school, I was, I was in the marching band, playing trumpet, and, like the jazz band. Stuff that, again, was like cool, not exactly what I wanted to do, but it was just like other ways for me to get involved. Uh, and it was right around probably late seventh, eighth grade, I decided like, I started like kind of figuring out my own chords and stuff and I was like, I kind of want to try to sing. Uh, I always kind of messed around with singing and I always joked about it, but I actually really tried. And in eighth grade, uh, I, I liked this girl and I took her to the auditorium in, in middle school and I played her a song that I wrote and that's how uh, my... That's how I lost max... my virginity. <laughs> <laughs> there in the middle school, eighth grade. Laid it down real smooth. No bro. one was there except, except my friends uh, Max and Aaron who mm -hmm. were in a, in a band. Um, and that's how they asked me to join because they heard me do that. So. Did they just uh, permanently clown you for, um, for just serenading uh, this young girl? Or how, how did that work out? Uh, no, it was... They were genuinely like, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, obviously they, were, they would make fun of me about it, but it was like, they were genuinely like, hey, like, why don't you come, like, because they, they had literally just got together, like, mm -hmm. not that long ago, and they were playing, like, Blink-182 covers, and Aaron was singing, and they were having fun with that, but I think they needed just, like, another guitarist, and they're like, hey, why don't you come play guitar? Um, and, it, and yeah, they were, like, genuinely, like, serious about it, they're like, yeah, like, loved what you did, man, and, like. So. Now, uh, you said, you know, you kind of like, it took you a while to start uh, getting into singing. Do you think that maybe, you know, we were kind of talking about earlier, but the idea of like this type of environment that's maybe a little bit, you know, on the lines of like homophobic, you know, on the lines of like homophobic and maybe not the most accepting of like different types of creative expression, do you think that affected it at all? Or do you think it was just you like not being comfortable with singing? Uh, there was, there, I mean, that that was definitely there, like... On, on a subconscious level. Mm -hmm. uh, no, it was just like, I, I didn't consider myself to be a singer. I considered myself to, to like know pitch and stuff. And like, I could, I, it wasn't like I was tone deaf, but it was just like, I, I, I didn't consider like myself to, cause it, it wasn't like I took singing lessons and it's like, okay, now I'm ready to sing in this band. It was like, I, I they're like, one day they're just like, why don't you try singing this song? And it was just like, okay, kind of went for it. And my voice was significantly higher than Aaron's voice, so it, it was kind of dramatic, but like, no, I don't know, there was, since we weren't playing, really playing for anyone, it, there wasn't really that holding me back, like the homophobic thing, like, mm -hmm. um, that definitely came later, though, I would say. Oh, like once, because I'm trying to think, like, we met, I think you were a senior and I was like a freshman, when we had first met. Was it that late? Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I think so because I moved I moved to to Boonsburg in like what two thousand I want to say like twenty ten like late twenty ten. So, oh okay yeah. So this yeah so it was pretty um yeah that's like so I came in at high school and like 
I mean, you, I don't know if you felt that at all, you know, traveling and going, you know, getting kind of this, like, level of culture. Like, you living in uh, northern, uh, northern Virginia now, you know, it's like a really diverse, you know, it's yeah. a super diverse area. Yeah. So, me coming here, it was just so, like, ass backwards. <laughs> yeah. And I remember I played on the football team my freshman year, and I told them I was from Virginia, and they called me a redneck. Because I guess they, <laughs> yeah, real talk, yeah, real talk. They, uh, I guess, I guess they assumed like because Southern Virginia is like pretty, you know. I mean, it can get like it, that. it can get like kind of redneck, but like Northern Virginia is no. basically DC. Yeah. Basically. So they told me that, and I was so like confused. Like, hey, I was like, <laughs> people would just drop in like and like stuff like that. It was so bizarre to me. Yeah. Oh man. Dude. That like, do you think, uh, do you think that it was difficult at all or maybe because you grew up in the whole thing like I found it so weird to like fit in because like I had this like kind of diverse background and then coming to like a very close-minded close-knit group I just like didn't understand it yeah I mean I didn't consider myself to be really like there's definitely those people I didn't consider myself to like be associated with any of any one of them like my family's definitely like like open-minded like mm-hmm. I, I was kind of raised to be accepting and like open-minded and so I don't know. It, 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 yeah. I mean, I don't know. It, it, there was definitely like, I remember the first day I rode the school bus, which was sixth grade. Uh, that was what changed like my whole world. Like, it was the all like older high schoolers, and like they're just the most like vulgar people. Like, that like is when I, just was changed forever. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, but I totally relate to that because I feel like most schools don't have that. The idea of like you have like I mean middle school. The idea that you have like this mixing bowl of like you have kids that could be literally as old as like seventeen or eighteen with like eleven year olds, and there's just like such a difference in like experience and all that yeah. stuff. And it's like you know you're like a little kid and you like get your eyes open up to this and you're just like what the hell like what is going on yeah. like, what the hell? like it's so bizarre like i never did i feel like this school like just this area has so many like little details like that that contribute to just the, i yeah I, I feel like i like went on like not even ever trying to like seek out all those other details because i was just like this is so like it's th- there were there, there were things that remind me and i'm just like this is stupid as shit like why is this like this and then like i go up to boston um, and I, both my roommates, uh, like I have a roommate from Mexico and a roommate from Argentina. And uh, it's really like confusing sometimes to ha- like they'll ask me a question or like I'll try to explain something. And they're like, well, why? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's, it's really <laughs> stupid. Like trying to explain, like I brought them out here mm-hmm. like for Thanksgiving and they're like uh, my one roommate, Raul, he was really excited to like, he's like, I want to. I want to go to, like, the most redneck thing you can take me to. And I was like, well, there's, like, tractor pools and, like, I I don't know. Like, I, did, I didn't, t- I, was, I mean, I was a little afraid to take him to some of that stuff. But I mean, I would be, too. I mean, if you're not, if you're not white, it's going to be, you're going to get, you're at least going to get looks. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, gosh, it's such a weird area. Yeah. So you, so, like, you know, at this point, I think you said, what, 7th or 8th grade, you, uh, you get together with Max and Aaron. Yeah. And uh, bring back all. Bring back all. Bring back all the sweet, the golden years, the what it was, and it it just like went on like that for years, and I would I would just hear it, and I'm like 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 what the hell was that? And they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I mean, my the point is like that music was like R and B, which is what I which is what I do now, and I didn't know like really how to there was no like I didn't have any like any friends or family that listened to R and B. I would just hear it, and uh, I. It was just like, whoa, what the fuck? I don't know. That's a really weird way of explaining it. 
I think, well, I mean, I think that's really interesting because to me, I mean, now with guys like, uh, you know, like The Weeknd and Frank Ocean and like now that, you know, especially like this kind of like alternative R&B or they even call it like hipster R&B is like starting to become a little bit more to the forefront. I feel like the thing is so much music, especially like hip hop or like hip hop kind of like in terms of like what's really popular, you know, maybe around that time in like early 2000s, once it became like top 40 stuff that, you know, people who weren't in the streets were listening to. Yeah. I feel like R&B, you, there's so much influence from that and a lot of people don't see that. Yeah. Like how influential R&B is. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, and then you, because then you even have like the soul music of like the 70s, like, you know, Barry White, Al Green, Luther Vandross, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. And I feel like, like to me, like my mom put me on to like a lot of '80s R&B, like Janet Jackson, like Bel Biv DeVoe, yeah. like that stuff. And Into you, that shit, yeah. You first hear it, and just like the way the beats are and the way the music is, and you're just like, "What is this?" It's yeah. so like eye opening as a genre. Yeah. And I think maybe two or three years ago, that's like all I listened to. Yeah. I mean, it's so. Oh it's, really? Okay. Oh yeah, I love like I I love that stuff, and I think it's like really good because I think once you get that um. I think once you can like kind of like look at the foundation of music, like once I listen to that, now listening to like modern hip hop, you see, you kind of see those, uh, you see those connections, and I feel like that can even influence your music as a creator. The idea that okay, like I'm listening to this, and I really like how that is, or I like how they like express this, or this, 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 and I feel yeah. like that really goes a long way. Yeah, like for me, like I, I, like whenever people ask me like, oh, like who are you really, really inspired by? I always have like a lot of trouble because I'm not exactly inspired by one person like you know like a lot of people like look up to Michael Jackson or whatever and like or the, like the king of pop or like I, I I don't get that specific for me it's just like I kind of sponge up things that I like really like things that I like how people express and I, I kind of make like my freaking Spotify it's just literally it's just a collection of songs and it's like it may not be like I like all the songs in their entirety but it's like certain things about the songs and it's kind of like uh like a background thing that oh. i kind of like soak up all that i mean i feel like that's super important the idea of like especially when there's so much content out today like the idea that you know maybe that whole song i don't like it and i mean people do that all the time where you listen to a song just for the hook or just for that beat or just for yeah. the thing where you get that and like there's something about it like there's that specific part that you're like i love i love and, that some, and sometimes that's, that would be the reason you listen to the whole song you really try to appreciate it just because of that one thing. You like it more, and yeah. I mean, I still, th- I still believe in like that the art of like a full length album, like a, a piece of art, like beginning to end, like it's, just, it's the artist's like storytelling. Like I still believe like those things are still like viable. Like you, they, you should still appreciate those things, like if they're good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just never like an album type of guy. I do listen to albums sometimes, but I just I was never like, yeah, like that. I think they're hard. I mean, again, and like I feel like this is something I'm always talking about, just because the internet is just fucking bananas. Yeah. <laughs> but the the idea of like I think it's harder ever than now. You know, between SoundCloud and Spotify, all the stuff that you can like. I mean, I was driving. Um, I was driving today. I was driving to like Luckett's Virginia. It's like you know forty minutes, and I probably went through. I probably listened to like thirty seconds of like fifteen different songs. You know, it's so easy to plug in. Yeah. To where you know, if you think about you know with a CD player or that you know that where you know you listen through the whole album, it's so much harder. I mean, and that's why I think people are looking now. So like singles are so much easier to release because it's especially when you look at the um, the way kind of like 
getting paid as a musician works where you go into the, you know, the Spotify model of like the, there's more money in getting your songs played a bunch of times as opposed to selling one product. Yeah, that's true. I mean, how do you do you feel how much uh, like content have you released? Because I know you've got this like Jack Nova single out right now. But yeah, what, uh, that was like the first like official thing that I've done. I mean, I have another single called Goodbye For Now, and it's just available on on SoundCloud as, mm -hmm. as a free download. Mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to like, you know, I didn't I felt like it was right just to debut something like kind of free, just like so people can get a taste of like, uh and then yeah, this this new song hypnotize, uh yeah, it works on with Jack Nova, aka Jacob. I know, it's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, he's down in Atlanta right now. That's where he lives. Um and so this whole because it was mostly a remote project that we did like working separately, but it was just like he was back here for like three days, uh, one time and I it was like in the early stages of that song that I had and he kinda just like was like, Well, I have some ideas and like jumped on it and it kind of became what it was in like three days and we'd like nurtured it like for a few months and yeah so th that was like the first official thing that I released like that's I, I say official meaning like on like all platforms mm -hmm. like like I went through CD Baby and um, I don't know that's like the first thing for me I don't know why I, it's just hard to explain to people but like it's just like it's really a, like a it, it like grounds you like when you're just looking at something that you made and it's out there like like on all these stores as a product it's like it's like I guess like being an author and like walking by a bookstore and seeing your book in the window although that's a lot harder I mean you anyone can go on iTunes it's not like that big of a deal but it's just like it's more of like an official seal I mean, I'm on iTunes. It's not that big a deal. Yeah, it's, it's, really, it's, it's really not that big a deal. You can, anyone can do it. Yeah. But it's just kind of like, I don't know. I, I've been trying to push out stuff for so long. Mm -hmm. I was trying to fi like, find out exactly my sound, like what I wanted to you know, convey and stuff. And like, just to see it finally out there like, as something I can show to people like, was really cool. I don't know. How now? I mean, not to work backwards. So we talked about you know this bring back all, which is kind of how I met you and knew that you were you know a musician and things like that. Yeah. How did that? Um, how did that kind of influence you? Because I think you know I think you know just through social media, I saw you guys were like doing shows and were you touring at all or how was it? how was we we never officially got to touring. We always talked about it, but it was it was just always like a a money and a time thing that got in the way. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean like we. I mean, we flew to Nashville once to play for, like, record label A&Rs, and um, that was, like, the first time we even, like, talked about, like, a label and stuff, like, I mean, we were playing shows mostly here in Hagerstown, like, up in, like, southern Pennsylvania, like, Greencastle, and, like, mm -hmm. Baltimore, and, like, nothing too crazy, um, but yeah. Because that's, because that sound was, wasn't that, like, kind of like a pop? That was pop punk, yeah, pop um, punk. and that's... That's what I was gonna say. Like, really got to like the homophobic thing about this town, because the the style of that genre and like we we really like looked up to like bands like All Time Low and like things and we so like I remember Max had like some rainbow Nikes like I had like this bright blue like hoodie with like. I don't know. It was just like we were like really colorful and like we had the like. The it was a very hot. Hair. It was a very uh, like mid two thousands hot topic aesthetic. It, it was, but only for like three two years. Like 
Only that's that's like over ten percent of your life, Jesse. That's a big that's a big chunk, bro. <laughs> I mean that was, and like un- unfortunately, like I don't know. I look back on that and it's like, oh man. I mean, and that's still and for some, somehow that genre is still like trying. It's not necessarily like <laughs> popular at all, really, but like it, it, the it's, people are still trying with it. So on the pop punk genre, because I never got into it, like yeah. I it was never my thing, like I was whatever. But I have this like theory about it, and I think it ties into you know you were in high school, but I think it ties into like maybe like middle school, early high school, where like if you think about it, and I see this all the time, I see kids like walking through the mall on a Friday in a high school, yeah, or no at a, at a mall, you know that are like high school age kids, yeah, yeah. and they um and they're wearing literally the same clothes. That like you and I were wearing when we were that age. The idea of like they've got like the big silicone bracelet. They've uh, got like yeah. skinny jeans and like Converse or Vans that they wrote on with Sharpie. They've got some shitty band T-shirt. Yeah. And it's like I think it's almost like a time chamber where like <laughs> where like it's like a the conveyor traps. belt. It's like yeah that traps you that like. <laughs> Those bands are still making stuff because there are kids that will, like, when they are 14, they will buy it, and then they will turn, like, 16 and be like, this is dumb, and then they move on. Yeah. But it's, like, this, like, rite of passage for an American teen that, like, kids, like, those bands can, and it's just, like, that's their target demographic, just, like, kind of seeing kids that are in, like, middle school and high school, and it's, like, the same bands that I've been listening to for, like, 10, 15 years. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know, I feel, it's just become this, like, subculture, almost, like, like, I feel like goths like always became like a classic like subculture like thing. Uh, I don't know. Whenever I see that, I'm like, am I like dreaming? Like, yeah. I, I used to be around those kids all the time because those were the kids that I played to. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was a kid. And uh, I don't know. It's it's really strange. And it's like I can't believe this is still going on because like so many bands from that genre, either like, like altered their style slowly towards like something like kind of going with the with the flow of like uh like the trend Mm -hmm. uh but some just never left yeah i mean i don't know anything about uh like about the genre but it's so weird that like i know like a couple bands i was like wait like taking back sunday like i know like bands. i don't know like i know almost nothing about it and that's just you know this is my thing but like it's so I think I just find it really interesting that they're the bands that can like oh they can have you know almost a ten year career basically playing to the same demographic yeah. and that person you know that person grows up but then just some you know and once they kind of get out of that demographic just a new person comes in and yeah. they can still kind of generate that t- style of music without really needing to change yeah like I'm I remember like being in that genre and it it was all the same mm-hmm. every every single like. Everyone did the same thing. Talking like this. Yeah, it's like super bad. <laughs> all the same chord progressions, all the same like, like, oh God, I don't even like want to like, I don't know. I mean, okay, I don't, I don't, I don't regret it. It was part, it was part of my life. Like you said, it was a big chunk of my life. I look back on it and I was like, I had fun times. I'm so glad I'm over that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I don't Like so many of my friends just don't want to like, they'll... Like, someone will start playing, like, a Bring Back All song, and they're like, oh, no, man. I'm just like, well, I mean, we were, like, 14, like, 15. Like, that was pretty impressive for our age. Uh, I, f- I feel like, like, not a lot of kids are doing that, and I don't know, we had a lot of fun. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I feel like to look back on it now, it's like, oh, wow. Like, I, and I, I mean, the way I see it is, like, and the way I kind of look at it with all my creative projects is, 
think about how ahead of you you are of every other person that's trying to do something. Yeah. The idea that like I remember you know you and I talked one time back then you were like oh yeah we just gotta get studio time like that's something that like people in their thirties are trying <laughs> to do. So like the idea that you know you have that kind of like conscious understanding of like how music works maybe a little bit not as much creatively but like as a business the idea that you have to have studio time you have to have like mixing and all that stuff all that stuff I feel like it's not um I definitely think it's nothing to be embarrassed about no. um but how you talked about like the homophobic how was how was that was it like crazy or is it just people calling you gay or yeah just... it, it, it was, I mean it was never anything like aggressive or too much uh it was just like I, I just remember like hearing like people just randomly like People would tell me, they're like, yeah, this, this guy wants to fight you. And I'm like, why? And he's like, just because he wants to. He's like, because he doesn't like you. He doesn't like it. I'm like, how you dress? I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, that's fucking stupid. Um, I remember, like, this was risky. Like, we had a photo shoot for our, our second, like, EP. And it was in the high school. We took photos. And it was right after school. So, like, all the sports teams and, like, all the that were running by. And they were like, like, I don't know. They were just, like, laughing at us. It was really embarrassing. But, like... Um, I mean, it's not like we were, like, rejects in the school, like, largely. I mean, uh, I mean, a lot of people, like, decently like us. I mean, like you are saying, like, you, you can try to do stuff in your hometown, but it's not necessarily going to, like, work out, mm. especially here. Uh, so it's not, never like we had, like, fans here, but they were just kind of like, yeah, you know, it's whatever. So how many projects did you release as that group? Uh, we had two EPs. We had, yeah, two EPs. Um, the first one was just uh, subtitled, and the second one was called I Could Get Used to This. And then we had, we recorded two new songs that sounded really cool, and we never released them. Mm-hmm. We, we did a music video for one, uh, which was really fun. And that's kind of like, that music video is like kind of like what I show everyone. I'm like, oh yeah, I was in a band in high school, I'm like, check it out. Uh, but yeah, that was pretty much it. Um, we were going to do like a third like album or something like we were working on it, but that the band started deteriorating. Yeah. Senior year. Like what was the cause for the deterioration? uh, A lot of things. We were, first of all, we had been together for so long and our, it was like kind of, most of us like com- contributed to like writing the songs, but we kind of slowly started like going like a little weird like different directions. Personal things happened, like friendship stuff happened, like where we just got pissed at each other. Um, a bunch of stuff happened, and I mean it's it's hard to say like one specific thing, but we kind of all just fell out. And like um, I know the band broke up, and then me, Max, and Jacob. Uh, well, Max and Jacob were trying to make another band, and uh, we were thinking about doing that, but that just never happened. And then college happened, and then it just, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, distance and all that stuff. Yeah, it was just impossible. So that that sucked for me, because like, that band was my main creative outlet. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't know how to like, put stuff. I, I had like little stuff on MySpace like no one knew about, but like how to put out stuff to people... Because it was crazy in that band, there were some people that looked up to us. Like we had fans that like knew our like come to shows and knew our songs. I was like, this is fucking crazy. Like mm-hmm. that is that's nuts. And like, it I I didn't know how to creatively put something out anymore. And I kind of got to college. I didn't have any time. I was swamped, and kind of music, like that just kind of fell out of my life. 
and I didn't have it anymore and I it sucked like it really sucked like I just I failed two semesters at college mm -hmm. like completely just because I just couldn't my will just wouldn't like I, I just my body would not let me keep on like that I don't know when did no so when did you pick up music again it was right <laughs> pretty much I had like uh, done so bad at, at uh, that school I kind of uh, I stepped back I went to a semester at HCC so mm -hmm. I was back home again in an environment where I could record again mm -hmm. and I was like I'm gonna try to do this again uh, so that was three years ago so there was like a couple years or like a year of me like okay like I'm really gonna try this. I'm gonna try and find my sound. Like, I'm just gonna record a bunch of stuff. And it, like, from where it started to where it is now is a lot different. Um, but I I became a lot more happy. And yeah, so I started recording like a ton of stuff and showing it to friends and like trying to get feedback. And it kind of started taking shape. And um, that's when Goodbye, Goodbye For Now came along. And um, I wrote that song right as I got accepted into Berkeley up in Boston. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, shit, like, because I've always, I'd never lived away from home. Like, I mean, I went to school in Baltimore and I would commute home every weekend mm -hmm. and I'd be, still be here. It wasn't like my home was unreachable. But I was going to Boston and I, that was the first time, like, I was just like away, away. Like, mm -hmm. I, I can't go home on the weekends. Like, and that was like a big thought for me. So I kind of wrote that song about like. I don't know. I, I pers it's it's kind of weird. I personified my home. Yeah. And I was like, just it was kind of like saying goodbye. Yeah. To my home for now. Um, it's kind of cliche, but like, that, oh. I mean, it, that that's what it meant. How do you um, now you talked about trying to find your sound when you you know took kind of like that year off from music and you kind of like decided, hey, this is something I want to get back into. Where did you like pick up? Did you pick up kind of in a pop punk? Uh, or how how did you how would you have described it you know once you kind of came back into it now you're like looking to kind of find your identity yeah because all I knew how to write and record was stuff with guitar and like in like a I started around that time listening to more like indie rock like like not as much like pop punk like sunshine and shit like like a little more like like serious stuff mm -hmm. so I kind of just started with there because I was like this is, this is what I know how to do mm -hmm. and I, I mean I wrote some good stuff for that but um I was like you know I'm just gonna keep working at it and I I started trying to get more into like electronic elements like electronic drums and like synths and stuff and I was like I really want to like explore this and I mean I didn't have like crazy equipment I still don't have crazy equipment but I have like enough and yeah so yeah, less and less, like, electric guitar, like, rhythm guitar and, like, drums. Like, I kind of slowly faded into, like, stuff that, like, had some groove to it. Mm -hmm. And there was one thing I couldn't deny to myself, which was, like, because I really started, like, listening to R&B. And there was just, like, I was, like, I cannot, like, help when a song, like, really makes me want to move. Like, I'm not a dancer. I don't dance. I don't like do any anything like that but it's just like if a song like like i don't know like it's intoxicating like that like and i know i've like kind of put that down i'm just like okay i really gotta build on this and that's kind of like most of the stuff i'm doing now just like 
has stuff that makes me move. So do you, so do you think like as kind of getting into maybe your process a little bit? Do you think that you know I've because I've uh, you know I've never really like looked into like the creative like music process. I've always looked at it as more like I've always known more about like the design, you know, and like a making art like uh, visual yeah. artwork process. So like walk me through kind of your process. So you're you know maybe you you know you talked about Spotify. Maybe you like hear something that kind of clicks with you. Yeah, and then you maybe trying to you know you get in the studio trying to like maybe find something that appeals to you? Are you just looking for something that kind of like hits you? You know, you talk about that groove aspect. Is that really what kind of like motivates you when you're trying to make new music? Yeah, it's mostly stuff that makes me, it's like a chord or something that like can make me feel even like a little bit. Where I start from the like ground bass is every single time is the piano. Mm. Um, and I have like a keyboard that I can like run through stuff. Um, and, but I'll just sit there down like with piano and like just play different chords. Um, and it's always, I start there and I kind of make like a very faint skeleton of like a progression, something that's kind of like locked in and then it's right around there. Like I'll start like hearing the melody, like the melody, usually melodies that it's hard to explain, but like melodies that kind of like I, I write are kind of always spontaneous. It's always something that just like kind of pops in and I'm just like, shit, that's not cool gonna and but the thing is I have to record it right then so when I'm writing I'm always I always have my recording stuff ready like I, I record as I as I write so everything is kind of just like I just started like adding layers and like changing stuff um, but yeah it's always starts with the piano then I do the melody then I you know add like drums or not and kind of goes from there now in terms of uh, like quantity do you usually go you know, kind of one song at a time and like maybe get it to not maybe perfectly finished, but getting it to like a fairly, you know, like, I don't know, like three quarters, you know, uh, done point. Or are you the type of person that's like, you know what, I'm just going to get in there. I'm going to basically bust out like four or five different song, you know, like half songs or quarter song. How, you know, how do you kind of yeah. put up, like, uh, put down your music? It, I wish it was like that. I wish I could just like just spill out songs I mean there's definitely times and just recently this happened there's definitely times where it's just like I write a whole song in like two hours mm -hmm. and that's really cool and I really love it when that happens mostly what happens when I when I think of like when I'm kind of like starting bare bones and I just like kind of go with it it gets like halfway done mm -hmm. usually and then at that point I'm like three hours in and I kind of I'm just kind of like, I realize I've just been doing this three hours straight and you realize your ears and your brain are kind of fatigued mm -hmm. and it's like late. So usually what I do is I like, I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna chill out for a little bit. I sleep and then the next morning, usually I'll, I'll listen to it again and it'll sound fresh again and it's just like, okay, no, this, and that at that point it's usually like, okay, I'm gonna keep working on this or that kind of sounded stupid. Like I didn't realize it last night. Mm -hmm. So usually, yeah, it's like, it's like half songs like that. Um, and and the, the hardest freaking part for me is like taking it from there. It's it's literally I can get up to the half point pretty easily, and then it's like uh, like the second part. It's like you really got to push. I think I mean I could definitely feel that because what happens to me uh, a lot is you know like let's say I'll be working in in the studio yeah. uh, laying down those sweet visual tracks. Hey. Um, just laying down those art tracks. Hey. And um, you know you get to a point and kind of like that where you're like you know what my brain's fried. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be like my time could be better spent doing anything else 
because yeah. you know you're just kind of like a, a mushroom at that point. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and you, or I think a vegetable, not a mushroom. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but but uh, I don't think that's the proper term. But um, so you know, you go to bed, you wake up, and you like look at it again, and you're like, and you can you know, you can kind of do that, like this is good, or this is you know, yeah. do something else. But exactly. then you're like, but now what? Yeah. Like you're like, this is good. This is good, and this can be something really good. But it needs something else. Yeah. Like, and the, and I think that can be a really hard. Um, and it might take a couple of days before you start. It might take a couple of days. You know, for me, a lot of it goes to like, okay, we've got. Let's say we've got like the base of a design. It's like, yeah. cool, this is cool, and I like this, and I like the essence of it, and you yeah. really like like, like the idea of it. But you're like, okay, what are like the details, or like what are the little things that will make this a finished product that you're really proud of? Yeah, exactly. And I think that can be a really uh, hard point for any type of like creator. And it's really it's really hard, but like. A lot of the time, once you get to the end and you've added all those like little details and mm-hmm. like you put so much thought into it, it's just like you feel really satisfied. I mean, especially if it's if you still think it's good. Like, I don't know. Like, you're just like, shit. This means a lot more. Oh my like, gosh! Of course. Like, I mean, I mean, stuff that happens like quick quickly can be really cool, but like it's just the fact that like so much time and effort and like thought went into it and careful like meticulous things like happened. Maybe just like, I don't know, this is a lot cooler. I feel like, and maybe, you know, I don't know how, if, you've, if you've had that, but like to me, what really, really drives me is the idea of like going from, you know, for you maybe like you hear that, that, that song or like that piece that really like motivates you to no. want to like make a whole song where to me it's like, okay, I have an idea of like a thing, so I'm going to draw it out in a sketchbook and then it's going to go from a sketchbook to like on the computer and it's yeah. going to go from the computer to a screen and from the screen to a shirt and from the shirt into a package to then that goes to like somebody's hand and then like you see a picture of someone wearing something that you made like that whole progression yeah. like when you talk about you know the hours and all of the shit that is involved but like to me looking at that finished product you know looking at iTunes and me like oh shit that's my song like that's my song that I made yeah, yeah. that has got it like to me that's one of the most fulfilling exactly uh, like things as a creator because like it's ridiculous, you know. It's ridiculous. People act like it's nothing. Like you just like, oh, I just fucked around on a keyboard and here's an album. Like I think people often yeah. underestimate how much time it is to like go in there and just like pour, you know, especially with a song, pour a piece of yourself into like a thing. Uh, yeah, the thing is like music is part of everyone's lives, but for us, it's you know for for creators and like making art and stuff like it's you encounter so much people like that you you might show it to someone like who who doesn't do what you do and they don't understand how that works but they you know they're like oh that's pretty cool like and they might think like it didn't take that much time like mm-hmm. like you're saying like like i've encountered so many people like i i i like was making songs for a while and i remember someone's i'm not going to say who but someone said to me like well i guess like anyone can be a musician nowadays and i was like the hell like the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean do you like realize like how much thought is going into this like it's not just like i'm just like yeah i don't know oh god it's yeah it's i mean it's definitely a very uh a frustrating thing because you know and I, it's the same thing you know creative musician artist whatever designer what you know whatever the hell it is yeah like the idea that people you know because we're at a time where i feel like it's more open for people that make things yeah. Like, in terms of, like, you have more platforms, but it hasn't, you know, I don't think it's gotten any easier to, like, sit down and look at a notebook and be like, what lyrics are going to, like, what, what, what can I put out that's going to be something special? You know, that's been going on, and, you know, musicians have been doing that since music has been made. Yeah. Or it's the same, you know, look at a blank canvas or whatever, you know, the idea of, like, looking at it and getting it done. I mean, because really, 
anyone can now put up their stuff and like get feedback for it. Yeah. But it ha- you know, it's not any easier to make the content. No, not And at I all. feel like that's what people confuse on is like, you still had to go, you know, you still had to go in the booth, put in all this work. You still had to, you know, you had to mix it, you had to master, you had to all these things to get yeah. like a, a good product. And I feel like it's, and I mean, it can definitely be a really um, like hard. Uh, it can be hard sometimes because like yeah. just as positive, you know, positive encouragement like you were talking about your brother. Like for me, like I've just gotten to a point now that we're like my brother who, you know, kind of did some creative stuff. I'm just now he's like, yeah, like the shit you're doing is good. And like obviously, you know, getting it from like kind of like an older role model goes such a long way. You're like, wow, like that's such a that's I feel so like validated. Yeah. To like to get that, but I feel like also when you get that type of negative, like oh, I guess anyone can do that. Like you're like, what the hell, man? Yeah, like, and it's unfortunate, but it's just like those are the kind of people you're going to encounter like the entire time you're doing it, and it's just part of it, and that's hard. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest key, and this is something I've like tried to learn, is like I think once you can get that self gratification, that is when I think you can really kind of like unleash your creative talents. Yeah. Because for my biggest problem was for the longest time, I always you know I needed someone to tell me. It was great before you could think yeah. of it. And I feel like that's so, I mean, especially just in the age we live in, you know, with Instagram likes and Facebook likes, where until you get, you know, 100 or 150, you know, whatever, I feel like a lot of times it's very easy to be like, oh, this isn't good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, so uh, what? Could, you could be really self reliant on, like, other people's, like, you know, like, com- like commending you and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. once you get that self gratification, that's really, you really got to savor that. And, mm-hmm. like, that can be a fuel that burns for a while. Sure. Uh, like the like the Olympic flame, like the Olympic the flame. flame, just burning bright and burning just so strong. <laughs> um, um, but uh, so, what kind of music? So you know, now you've kind of progressed into more of a like an R and B sound. What what music have you been listening to lately? Um, mo- like so, I've been listening to the past year to a lot of like eighties, nineties R and B. Not that that's like the main thing that like influences me but I love it yeah it's and, just... and I'll, I'll take like aspects of, of, of that but like I don't know like like Janet Jackson uh, cameo new edition um, Patrice Russian like different different artists from the 80s like uh, I don't know I like I have a freaking playlist full of it like Luther Vandross like you mentioned yeah. like a man um, and kind of outside of that um, I'll listen to you know, like the weekend, mm. um, like Bryson Tiller, like anything like that. Kind of like that, like the more um, like hip hop oriented R and B. Yeah. Yeah, like I mean, that's that. I mean, I think probably in the past years, what I've really, really started to get into because like hip hop just got so like, I mean, because it's a little bit more aggressive, and after yeah. a while, I just started to get like tired of it. So I just went through this period where I was listening to all that, and it's so melodic and. I mean, what I really like is, like, I mean, I'm a huge, you know, the uh, Weekend fan, and yeah. I really like that he kind of opened the door for, art, you know, as, like, a mainstream, like, male artist to be like, hey, like, I sing really high pitch, but I'm still, like, this super cool guy, you know, yeah. like, and he still mista- maintains that, like, level of, like, mystique and coolness, but he's like, yeah, and, you know, kind of talk about, like, the idea of homophobia, like, no one's calling, no one's, I don't think anyone's calling, anybody uh, with a valid opinion is calling The weekend gay. No, but he still sense. has that, like, he still has, like, that sex appeal while still being, like, a very talented, like, high-pitched, you know, vocal artist. Yeah. I feel like that's really, um, I mean, maybe it helps that literally, like, all the songs you're talking about just uh, getting high yeah, and getting fucking. High, yeah. But I'm just, you know. It's really I, sad. Which, uh, I mean, it's kind, of, it's kind of sad, but there's a small part of me when I was, like, maybe, like, 18 or 19 that I was like, 
Like, yeah. I, was, I don't want to get high and fuck like the weekend. Too. Um, <laughs> that was the small part. Yeah. I was like, I want to do it often. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, so what? Um, let's talk about like what? Uh, you know, when did you drop the Jack Nova? Um, that so. was January twenty second, I believe. Uh, that was supposed to come out uh, like winter of two thousand fifteen. Uh, but there were so many like moving parts I had, um, and I had to get photos done, um, like the, the one that's on the album artwork and, uh, it just made, and it, I, and I was thinking about dropping it right before the holiday season, but I was like, if I do that, then it's just going to get lost. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, people are crazy during the holidays and there is very little chance that, I mean, not, you know, like. I just wanted people to hear. Yeah, of course. And, and uh, it's not like I was like trying to maximize on like money or anything. Like, yeah. Uh, and so I was like, okay, the smart thing to do is just release it January twenty second. Um, and so, yeah, I went down to Atlanta to see Jacob and AKA Jack Nova, and we took the photos. Actually, I right the photo that's of me on the album, on the on the single artwork. Um, so there, my hair is like really short. It's pretty short right now, but like it, it was really short right before that, like the day before that I had pretty long hair, like, like pretty curly hair. And I went to get it cut. Cause I was like, okay, you know, I need to clean up a little bit for this photo. And I was going to get it cut a little bit, but that was way too short. Like mm-hmm. the woman at some point, like put a towel over my face and got out a straight razor and like started shaving my, I was like, what are you like? Like, like I, I, I turned around in the mirror and I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you always there's always that face and you get like the the, the way too short haircut and you're just like I'm so sad right now. Yeah. Like, oh, there's a month in my life I'll never get back. Like Like Jacob was like sitting over at the door, like on those waiting chairs, and he said he's like, I just wanted to reach out and like take the scissors out of hand. I was like, Why didn't you just tell her to like stop? Like I couldn't see what was going on. Anyway, it it, it turned out pretty cool. Um and yeah, so it released January second on Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you can upload and release something on there like the same day. Everything else uh, was very delayed. Cause I did not ant- anticipate that. I know that now. Uh, but I'm pretty sure it came out like almost three weeks later on like iTunes. Mm. Uh, just because it had to go through like this process. Um, it came out on Amazon pretty quick. Um, but yeah. So yeah, Bandcamp. Yeah, January 22nd. Um. So I don't know if I see, but so now you're going to Berkeley, which is you know definitely super prestigious music school. Um, yeah. How do you feel like that has kind of like influenced you or motivated you as a musician? Well, first off, Berkeley is like it's like one of the few, maybe the it's the best contemporary music school school in the world. Um, I, I mean, I'm not like uh, I'm not trying to like soft flex hashtag humble brag. You know, what 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 I'm trying to say is it, I didn't know that existed. Like I didn't know like a contemporary music school like that existed. It's all like I wanted to. I, it's like I left the school because doing computer science. Mm. And I was like I want to do music again, and all the schools I looked at were classical music. Yeah, and I was like, well, like I don't really want to do that. It was either jazz or classical music, and I was like, I don't. Like really want to do either of those. I want to go somewhere where I can like learn like audio engineering and stuff. Mm. And someone re- recommended Berkeley, and I saw it and I saw the alumni like Quincy Jones, John Mayer. John Mayer's like not. They say John Mayer's alumni, but he was there for like a year. And he alumni enough. Uh, yeah, like... you know why not? I mean, uh, and 
I, I applied and I was like, ah, like we'll see what happens. I mean, yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna get in here. Yeah. And I went up and I auditioned and it. Uh, yeah, I got in. Um, and so it's 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 the the biggest thing it's influenced how it's influenced me is it's got the coolest student body. Like mm-hmm. the people you're around are all like minded. They're super creative and super good and like. It's such a cool environment to be in. So the, some of the faculties are really cool. Um, but right around this year, I realized it is easy to get into a Berkeley mindset that you can't get out of. Mm-hmm. A Berkeley way of doing things. Like a, there's, all, there's this kind of stereotypical Berkeley sound of like kind of jazz pop, which is cool. But there, I see so many people like now, like that get wrapped up in that and like kind of lose a lot of self-expression and mm-hmm. all they know how to do is what the school has taught them. So I kind of distanced myself a little bit this year um, and didn't hang out as a school, at the school as much just because I, I wanted, I definitely took like the benefits from it, but like, um, and it's definitely made me a better musician, like, mm-hmm. like in terms of theory and stuff, but like, I definitely like recognize that it's easy to get caught up in like, like the things they're teaching you and like lose like any self-expression you had. So do you think that, you know, being such a, uh, uh, a prestigious school, you think that it's easy to almost like, it's almost like a fact, the idea of like a factory where there's like a certain sound that you're going to, that you're kind of like pick up and then that's kind of what you do. And then you lose like a little bit. of Yeah. Music. And I've even seen people that like, I've been in class and like during like icebreakers, like during the first day or something, mm-hmm. people are like, okay, say your name, your major, what, what you want to achieve at Berkeley. I've heard people say like, I just want to be famous. Like they, they, they know the notoriety behind, Ber- behind Berkeley and how many Berkeley musicians are everywhere. And like, they think it's just going to eat them and spit them out. Like, like, like a factory, yeah. like a factory, like a pop star. Like, it, like I feel so bad for those people. Like, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I can definitely, I mean, I see that a lot where I, I mean, from my, uh, maybe a more visual standpoint where, uh, people go to like an art school and they're like, oh, cool. They're going to teach me all of my, they're going to teach me everything I need to know. And then I'm going to go like be a famous artist or like people kind of yeah. like, I feel like it's very easy, especially with things like social media where you kind of see just like a highlight reel of, you know, the yeah. best of like people that are making stuff. Like you don't see, wow, that person was up till 4 a.m. like losing their shit because their stuff got deleted. You know, you don't see like, yeah. you don't see like the low points of it. And I think it's very easy for people to be like, oh, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go to Berkeley. I'm going to do all that stuff. And then I'm going to come out a famous person where do all that stuff is really like, you know, staying up late, uh, you know, doing research, finding, you know, finding the right thing. You know, yeah. all, I think, it, you know, it's very easy for people to kind of like lose sight of the work, which then kind of brings back to the idea of anybody can be a musician because, you know, I think it's easy to think that not only as someone who wants to be a musician, but as someone who's like critiquing musicians. Yeah. When you don't see the hard work. No, for sure. That goes into it. And shit, I forgot what I was about to say. Um, shit, I forgot. <laughs> that's um, that's basically the uh, the story of my life. And I think the worst part is like as an as an interviewer when you're like when you look at it and you're like, man, this is gonna be a good ass point. Yeah. It's gonna be a real real mic drop moment. Yeah. And then you like and then you look <laughs> away and you're like, fuck, like. <laughs> And then you just have to like make something. You're like, man, so that's a nice watch. Uh, how's that going? Like, you gotta, it's like yeah, no. um, it's like really shitty improv. Uh, um, no, I know. I get what you mean. I remember what I was gonna say now. That um, that I mean, people people get spit out of Berkeley, and you know, Berkeley can mean you know a lot in terms of like people can say. First of all, in in this in, in like in the music industry, a piece of paper 
doesn't really mean a lot. Of course. It, I mean, you can say like, hey, and they're like, well, that's good for you. Uh, probably means you know what you're doing, but like, good for you. Yeah. And like, so much of it is networking and getting to know the right people up there. And that's how so many people who come out of Berkeley like really become successful. It's because you can really get to know the right people. And yeah, like you were saying, like people like up like that think it's just that easy. Like don't see like the the grind of like trying to make their own brand and like mm. and like really working towards that and like getting people to hear it or like see it and like there's there's I mean people spend years doing that like and outside of school mm. there's like that whole aspect that they don't think about. I think networking is probably the most underrated aspect of being a uh, any type of like maker. Yeah. Because to me, I mean, that's something I've just recently learned. Where, like, you can have the coolest brand, you can have the coolest song, you can have whatever in the world. If you don't have, you know, eyeballs and ears, you know, listening to it or looking at it. Yep. No, n- nobody can give you. No one can give you a pat on the back because nobody knows you exist. Yeah. And I feel like it's so hard because. You know, I enjoy like talking to people and stuff like that, but I have such a hard time like going to a party and being like, "Hey, you know, yeah. check myself." You know, it's so hard to me. And you know, because a lot of times I don't know how you feel. Sometimes when you know you drop that song and you just want people to listen to it, you can feel like kind of regret. You know, you can, it's easy to feel like aggressive, trying to like. Push, oh yeah. Put, you know, because you don't want to push your thing on somebody. You don't want to be that. You know, you don't want to be that guy. Yeah, exactly. Like you're, you're afraid people are gonna be like, oh, like. You know, there's another guy. Hey, check out my mixtape. Like you, nobody wants yeah. to be that guy, but it's so hard because until you know. Until you kind of like build those connections and build those groups of people that are gonna like hey, check out my story, all this, it's so hard to uh, to build that up. Yeah, like I, I mean, usually how it's happened, like yeah, I, I'm I'm still really bad at that, uh, and like I, I definitely don't do that at parties. I actually, I, there was this party I was at, and uh, there were like a bunch of people, and uh, I, I turned to my friend, and I was like, hey, I'm gonna, <laughs> it was so stupid, I was like. I'm gonna put on my song, but I'm not gonna tell him like it's my song. I was just gonna see if like people, and then no one reacted to it. Like it was just like another song in the background. And I was like, well, this didn't work. <laughs> guys, 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 guys! Ox Court right here. Check it out. Check it out. Um, also, uh, buy on iTunes. Leave a review. Um, yeah. really appreciate that. Share with your friend. That's the worst part. Is I feel like I think the podcast has been on iTunes for like. Maybe pushing a month, getting into that time yeah, frame. Yeah. And I don't think anybody has like reviewed it or rated it. Oh really? Yeah, like people like I can check my metrics for like, oh I have like I have plenty of people listening to it. Yeah, yeah. But no one like does reviews or anything. So I'm at that point where it's just like, you know, fuck it. Like and it's so hard to like, hey guys, check out check out my shit. Like yeah. it's but I mean it's one of those things where like um it's so hard. I mean, and that's kinda of, like where the networking is, like how do you get people to, um, and then you have to, you know, you have to be conscious of things like, um, you know, you're talking about dropping it January 22nd. You know, if you, you know, you obviously you want to be, you wish you want it to stand out on your own, but there's a certain level of like, if I'm only this big and everyone else is that big, I should probably, you know, drop it at a point where I can, you know, it can stand on its two feet without just getting run over by, you know, way bigger people. Exactly. And I mean, I was, I was really, you know, really happy with hypnotized and like, I was like, this is turned out really well and like I'm really excited for people to hear this and I guess there's always that like thought like you, you make something like really cool and it's like this is the coolest thing I've ever made and now that I'll put this out people are really gonna react to it but it, it doesn't really work that way like mm-hmm. it, you still need people who might be like looking out for that song like I, I definitely had like a, a good bit of friends like looking out for it and like people share it on Facebook but like it in terms of like traction, like it just takes time. Like yeah, it really just takes time. 
I think, I mean, for me personally, like, I'm, you know, we were talking in the car about, like, I'm, like, I just do just a bunch of shit. And my yeah. problem is I'm, like, really impatient where I've been, I haven't been doing, you know, you, you don't do things that long. You just want it to be, like, okay, yeah. I'm ready to be, like, yeah. I put in all the work. I'm ready to be, uh, I'm ready to be famous now, like, yeah. or, you know, whatever. I'm ready to be super successful. I'm ready to do all that. And it's so hard because, and one of the best pieces of advice I was given was it's a baby. You know, that's what you, you yeah, your yeah. career, your brand, your whatever, it's a baby. And like, you can't, it's, it's going to walk when it's ready to walk, but you exactly, can't, yeah. and I think, but it's so hard, you know, it's so hard because like, you know, you put in all this work, you know, you went down to Atlanta, you do all this stuff and you're ready, like, okay, time, let the, uh, let all the, the, like the celebration commence, but it's so hard to find that, um, to like, just give it the time. Exactly. Like, cause you put so much time in, well at least to you feels like a lot of time yeah. and like effort put into it and it's just like oh it's done like and I'm, I'm i'm ready but um it's gonna it just takes a while like it definitely like you just got to keep grinding and honing mm -hmm. your craft yeah. and if if you stay true and like just keep you know working at it i think there's definitely people that'll like notice and like tag along mm -hmm. and want to see what you do next I mean, I feel like uh, there are there are two possibilities. You either a, you know, you, you you do your time, and then you know maybe you see some success, or you end up just being that street rapper who's still selling mixtapes on the block. So yeah. either way, that's yeah, exactly. Something's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, um, something. So we talked about progressing. What what do you have kind of on the on the horizon? What uh, what are you working on right now? Um, you know, especially with summer. You know. Being yeah. Like, no, I'm I'm really trying to. The thing I haven't done enough of is like or much at all as a as a solo artist is play somewhere um really i've been thinking for a while of like how my stuff would translate live mm -hmm. um and i've I've, got, I've kind of got a couple of people helping me on that like mm -hmm. thinking about how we're gonna do that so i might i might be playing a couple a couple hopefully a good bit of times this summer mm -hmm. no no exact plans yet i'm really trying to nail down material to release i have like five songs in the works right now mm -hmm. uh Probably gonna have something out this summer, um, and I want to have. You know, I, I really have been like thinking a while towards a full length album, um, but it might be an EP. I, it's still up in the air. I mean, I'm, I'm really just trying to like get together material, stuff that I can play, um, and kind of like stuff that goes together as a sound, and that is ready to be released. Um, but I have a lot of stuff like in the later stages of like writing, so nothing, nothing concrete. Nothing concrete. But I'll, I'll definitely be like posting about it. Of course, stuff. yeah. I mean, so actually, that's a good segue as we kind of wrap up. Where can people follow you? Uh, kind of keep track of all your projects. What's a good place for people to? Um, well, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram at underscore Jesse Mendez. Uh, I have a website, jessemendezmusic.com, where I'll put like news and like any new SoundCloud stuff I put up and like I'll have videos up. My favorite breakfast cereal. Exactly. I blog uh, about. Vlog, yeah. Uh, just video like like that YouTuber stuff. Just me brushing my teeth. Um, I, yeah, and I you know people really want to see that. That's you know because I feel like as a, as a as a musician you have to give the people what they want. Exactly. You know, and what they want is your favorite cereals and you brushing your teeth. Low key. Okay. High key. High, high key. key. High key. Probably the most requested thing. <laughs> uh, also, what? pics of my feet. Don't know what's up with that, but <laughs> but made you know that's how I funded the album. So uh, <laughs> hey, it works, man. Uh, get it where you can. Yeah. Um, and you can you can uh, find me on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com/slash Jesse L Mendez. L Mendez. Actually, 
you can probably just find the stuff on my website. Yeah, I mean, and I'll uh, and I'll put the, I put all that in. There's an intro where I put all that in. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, I think that's. Uh, any, was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Um, anything else? Well, yeah. I well, that covers it, man. I think that covers it. Well, yeah. another another killer episode. So, dude, cool.